0: Money FM 89.3. The best of your money. Money and me on Your Money. Only on Money FM 89.3. You quit your job, you're now your own boss. Congratulations. But now you're starting to wonder about the nuts and bolts of planning your financial future. When you were working full-time, it was all very clear. You needed a 20% monthly contribution to your CPF account, our mandatory savings scheme for working Singaporeans and permanent residents. But what is required of you in terms of your CPF contributions as a self-employed person. Are you still required to top up your MediSafe and what happens if you don't? Your boss may no longer be the source of significant cardiac stress, but without your employer's contributions to CPF, will you still be able to save for a good retirement? Welcome to Money and Me, the show all about making your money work better for you. I'm Michelle Martin and today I'm thrilled to welcome a man who is both self-employed and an employer. Christopher Tan is CEO at Provident. He joins me this morning to answer some of the many questions i have on behalf of the self-employed good morning chris
1: hi good morning michelle but just to clarify i'm actually employed i'm an employee of my own company
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay important distinction there Mm, so you're also an entity chris maybe you know uh, there are people out there thinking am i a self-employed person like chris is not
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people think that, you know, financial advisors or wealth advisors, you call it, they are self-employed. Yeah, So it's good to uh, define what is a self-employed person or SEP in short. SEP is someone who performs work for others, legally we call it, they perform work for others under a contract for service as opposed to a contract of service, right? So if one earns an income by, say, for example, selling goods, providing professional services like my company, or other personal services, maybe Masu, right? Because this guy is an SEP. So some examples, as I've given, but would include people like hawkers, taxi drivers, freelancers, sole proprietors, or partner in a partnership. And one more thing I want to add on Mm -hmm. is board members, especially those people who are retired and Mm. they are engaged back as board members or director. Are they an SEP or not? So again, look at the contract, because if your contract is a contract of service, then no, you're an employee. But if the business engaged you as a board member or, or as a director under contract for, the, the, the one word here is for, right? If it's the contract for service, then you're an SCP, then you have to contribute to your MediSafe at a minimum as a self-employed
0: person. Okay, so how much must you contribute then to your MediSafe? Yeah, so the main
1: CPA obligation of an SCP is really just your MediSafe, right? But uh, for them to have this obligation, uh, they must be earning a net trade income of more than 6000 If they earn less than 6000 as a freelancer, then they don't have to pay this compulsory MediSafe. Now, they don't have to. I'm not saying if they want to, they cannot. It's just that they have no obligation to pay the MediSafe. Now, how much must they contribute? Well, it depends on your age and your age band, and also depends on your net trade income. So the range is between four percent to ten point five percent of your net trade income, but there's a cap. The cap is seventy-two thousand. And if you work the math out, it's like employee. You know, our our monthly salary cap that we must contribute to CPF is six thousand, right? So six thousand times twelve is seventy-two thousand. So let me say that again. So mm-hmm. depending on your age, your age band, and depending on your income, so it ranges from to 10.5% of your net trade income, but your net trade income is kept at 72000 So obviously, the higher your age and the higher your net trade income, the higher the mandatory contribution uh, amount. So if you are 50 years old and above, Mm -hmm. uh, then your uh, contribution percentage is 10.5% of your net trade income.
0: Okay, but there are caps. So it goes up according to your age and how much you earn. That's right. So
1: if we assume that a 50-year-old and above person earns 72000 then the maximum he has to contribute into his MediSafe would be 10.5% multiplied by 72000 so that gives seven thousand five hundred and sixty dollars. So that's the max he has to contribute.
0: Very clear. Thank you for that. Lots of yeah. people uh, maybe hold two jobs. Mm. They are employees and they are gig workers at the same time. Or they sit on boards. Yeah. Must they contribute?
1: Yeah. So nowadays very common, especially the young people. They believe in multiple stream of uh, income, yeah. right? So they can they can be an employer or they can be an employee. I pay your pardon. And then outside, they may say they may sing for a band. You know things like that. Well, uh, the concept of CPF is that you must contribute based on your total income, right? So therefore an SEP who is also an employee at the same time is required to contribute to MediSafe as an SEP. This is the same for employees who hold more than one job. Even if you are not, you are are two jobs and both jobs are employed jobs, right? You are Mm -hmm. required to pay CPF contributions for all the wages that you receive. However, well, you can apply the MediSafe payable on your self-employed income if your total employment, uh, excluding all those bonuses for the year, exceeds 72000 So basically, I mean, if you have contributed enough from your other income source, well, then you may not need to contribute so much. For your self employed side. So it's combined. That's right.
0: Okay. So, you know, when people hear about CPF, often they think, oh, what's mandatory and what is Mm. not. So, Mm. can you explain to us what this basic health sum is and whether after you've hit that, whether you still need to make contributions on top of that?
1: Yeah. So, basic health sum applies not just to self employed, it applies to all of us, right? So, once your MediSafe has got uh, enough money uh, that reaches the basic health sum i can 't remember that figure now it 's like I think sixty to seventy thousand dollars that 's the max then well uh, we know that uh, for us Michelle and, you know, and myself that we are we are concert employed so you know the portion that goes into the Medisave account it will be redirected to special account. If you are before 55 and after 55, you'll be uh, that redirected to our retirement account. Right. So for a self-employed person, it's pretty much the same. You are still required to make Medisave contribution, even if you have met the basic health sum. However, the medisafe amount that is above the basic health sum will be transferred to your CPF special account if you are below 55, or retirement account if you are above 55. But for members whom we have received or rather the, the full, re- we have enough money in our SA or RA, let's say we have reached full retirement sum. Mm-hmm. This year is 198,800. So then the excess saving into the MediSafe will now be transferred to OA instead. Mm-hmm. Right. So I hope I'm, I'm clear. Yes. The, the S- self-employed control put into the MediSafe, but if the MediSafe reaches BHS, it'll be redirected to SA or RA according to your age. If your SA and RA has got FRS, then you'll be redirected into your OA.
0: Okay, so not to worry because if you overflow in terms of contributions into your CPF, Mm. uh, they're going to flow into one of these accounts that will earn you interest.
1: Exactly. So you don't have to care about it, right? It's automated Mm. by CPF. But just know that the monies will not be wasted and in fact, you know, uh, it will go to help you build
0: your retirement plan. Yes, well put. And for the listener who's wondering what is this BHS, Michelle, you're talking about, basic healthcare sum is the estimated savings you need in your MediSafe account for your basic subsidised healthcare and it's currently $68,500 right. as of this year.
1: That's right, I just Google. you're right, 68500
0: Okay, uh, and that caps the amount you can have in your MediSafe for life, once you hit 65. Yes, that's right. Can you tell us your views on whether or not the self employed person should use these voluntary top ups for your mm. CPF? And you can do this for your housing, if you've taken money out to pay for your house, mm. um, you can put money into your special account, you know. Uh, so, should a self employed person think about using these top ups for their CPF? Yes,
1: I think that for a self employed person, because you will not be receiving any more contributions from your uh, your employer because you are your own employer now, I think all the more you should voluntarily contribute or top up your CPF account. So there's a difference, right? Top up means you should you can put money into your special account if you are below 55. If you are above 55, you can voluntarily put money into your retirement account. But at the same time, you can voluntarily contribute, which means to say, every $1 that you put into your CPF, if you are using the uh, the voluntary contribution scheme, mm-hmm. that you'll be split across the three accounts, OA, uh, SA, and MA, according to the allocation rate based on your age range, just like a normal employee. So I think you should do that because well, you can use the CPF as a, a scheme or as a, a saving instrument to save for your retirement. And as we all know, the interest in our CPF accounts is high relative to the risk you have to take. I, I think it can be a very useful instrument to be used as the foundation piece for your retirement planning.
0: Okay, good point there. can be used by you as an instrument to help you with your retirement planning. A lot of people don't know about these schemes or these voluntary top-ups. Can we yeah. talk about the Contribute As You Earn scheme, Chris? What is that?
1: Yep, that's um the same thing like uh, us as employees. So we know that every one dollar that we make for our salary, right? Um twenty percent, which is twenty cents of it, will be contributed into our CPF, split over the three accounts, O A, S A, and M A, right? And then our employer will contribute up to seventeen percent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the same thing will be split across the three accounts, OA, S A. And MA. So for an employee like ourselves, automatically you know, we are forced to save 37% of our salary across the three accounts. But for a self-employed person, you see they have no obligation to do this contribution. They only need to top up their MA as we have discussed like 10 minutes ago. But they can voluntarily put in that amount right, into their own CPF account. So it's using it like an instrument to save for themselves. I mean, people buy insurance endowments and all that. I mean, why not use the CPF? Because the interest is actually better than the endowments,
0: Mm -hmm. right? And it's
1: safe. So if you are planning for your retirement anyway, because you need to, then I'll encourage the self-employed person to contribute to their CPF.
0: Okay. And do you have to figure out beforehand whether you're going to put in the OE or the... Uh, Essay, or you know, or or is there a simple way of doing this? No,
1: no, there's no need to decide how much to put. In Mm -hmm. fact, when you just contribute into, uh, I mean, they are all you can do a gyro arrangement, right? You just go online and you can do a gyro arrangement, and every month you put in a a certain fixed amount, right? Because the self employed person, unlike the salaried person, may not know exactly every month how much he makes.
0: Important point, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. Maybe he'll say, okay, I'll start with, say, $200 a month first, or, or $1,000 contribution per month. Mm-hmm. And you just have to gyro into the CPF account. CPF board will do the allocation for them uh. based on the age range. And one more thing I want to add, Michelle, mm-hmm. is that the advantage of contributing is that you get tax relief, right? So you are actually saving and planning for your retirement in a tax-efficient manner.
0: Right. Don't forget, these voluntary top-ups allow you to claim relief on your taxes. Right, right. Okay, we won't go into the nuts and bolts of that. That's a whole show on itself. Uh, Chris, what else do you think is important for the self-employed to keep front and center about planning for their financial future?
1: Right. So I think for a self-employed, I think you you begin to realize now that, you know, things can be uncertain, right? And, you know, you're really running your business. Nobody is paying for your medical. So there are a few things that I think a self-employed need to watch out for, right? Emergency fund becomes very important now, mm-hmm. right? Emergency fund, not just for your business, that's important. Emergency fund for yourself and your family, just in case you have a month or two that, you know, things get rough and you know that you have that emergency fund to take you over uh, these difficult periods, right? The second thing is, you have no more group insurance plans from your company already. If you fall sick, it's all on yourself. Yeah. So please make sure that you have comprehensive coverage, especially in the area of disability income protection, okay, and hospital insurance, right? If your job requires you to speak a lot, like me, you can hear I'm losing my voice. <laughs> but if you are losing your, but unfortunately, if you lose your voice permanently due to an accident or things like that and your income suffers, having disability income insurance helps you to mitigate this risk of losing your income. So insurance, um, consider that. And the last thing I want to say is a lot of times I understand, especially as a gig uh, worker, cash flows become very important and, and people don't focus on saving for the future anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? But the minute things become stable, I will encourage the self-employed person please invest for your retirement right? Mm. because it will happen and you need to decide whether the business that you have started is a lifestyle business or a value business now let me unpack that just for a minute right a lifestyle business is one whereby you make money and it's really just to fund your lifestyle right if you are gone the business is gone right now Mm. there is really no value in your business 10 years later you may not be able to sell the business for anything right? Now, if there's a lifestyle business, I would say whatever make money you make from your business, don't reinvest it into your business. You might really want to invest it for your retirement. But if you want to reinvest your business, don't forget that you need to set aside and invest for retirement as well. Because if you over invest in your business, this business actually really has no value by the time you are out of the business. You are investing with something that will not give you a good return, right? Unless you decide that, your business is a value business. That, well, even if you are not around, the business run, and it can fetch a value. You want to sell it ten years later. And sure, I understand you reinvest in your business. So, as a self-employed person, be very clear what kind of business you are running. And this business is really just to fund your lifestyle. It you has no future value. You are out of business. Please remember, the money that you make, please invest. For retirement.
0: Oh, great, great thoughts there. Uh, safety net, emergency savings, disability insurance, hospitalization insurance, and you still need to invest for your retirement. And That's you right. want to think about the kind of business you have. He sounds like Rod Stewart, uh, but he's Christopher Tan. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us in spite of that bad throat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me as usual. Christopher Tan is CEO of Provident. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O audio at the App Store and Google Play.